Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. My name is Nick and I'm the Communications Director here at Crossroads. We've all done things we're not proud of and wish we could erase, but can't. Bad decisions, poor choices, and terrible actions can leave us with boatloads of guilt and anguish. To live the free and victorious life God has for us, we simply must do something with all this baggage. God has a way to lift the shame and give a new future. So let's get at it as Pastor Craig brings us a message titled, Shame on Me. You also put your hands together right now and welcome those who are joining us all across America, our CFAM, uh, Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, all over the Midwest and really all over America. So glad to have you joining in with us today. We don't see you as just watching this. We see you as participating with us as a, a part of our extended CFAM, uh, our Crossroads family. And uh, last week uh, and the week before, we were talking about the F-bomb, right? The real F-word, how many know, is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. What a powerful word. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how we need to forgive others, how we need to forgive God. We talked about that last week. And over those two weeks, those were two of the most shared messages that we've ever had here at Crossroads and has reached so many people and impacted so many lives. So thank you for sharing uh, this message Uh, Even today, I believe that today this message is going to touch many people, not just those that are in this room, but also, again, all across America, your friends, your family. You never know uh, who it's going to touch, so thank you so much. But today, we're going to talk about maybe the hardest person to forgive, and that's ourselves. And it's because you know what you did last night. You know what you did last week. You know what you did last year. You know all the memories, all of the things that uh, you did that maybe you can't let go of, how you maybe drank too much and made some decisions that you regret. Perhaps you spent a lot of years just working and working and neglecting your family. Perhaps uh, you were bored and discontent in your relationship and stepped out of the marriage vows that you had made to that other person. Perhaps you feel like, I I love God, I, I really do, but I just can't stop watching porn. And so there's guilt, there's shame, and it haunts you and it just won't go away. But I want you to know, not all guilt is created equal. There's a guilt for what we do, the actions that we take. Then there's guilt for what we don't do. I know I should have done that. I should have said that. I should have gone there. I I wish I could do that over and, and be with that person, but I didn't. And then there's the guilt we feel for what others have done to us. And I want you to know that that can be a false guilt because some of us can maybe look back and we say, oh, you know, I, my parents divorced 
and I feel like I could have done something more about that. I could have prevented that somehow, some way. I, I feel like I, I should have done something. Or maybe you were sexually abused and somehow, some way you feel like, did I do something? Did, did I kind of make that happen in my life? And here's what I want you to know today, and I hope this is freeing for some people, is that what was done to you you're not guilty of, okay? And, and these are adult people who enacted upon you, or even if they weren't adults, then all the more. Uh, I was thinking about this today, even as I was meditating on this message. You know, I, I grew up in a day and age where we called people, well, I, I tried not to do this, right? But half-wit, anybody with me on that? A half-wit, and that was like half a brain. And so science backs up that most guys are not fully developed till they're 25. So he could have been a half-wit, all right, is what I'm saying. And, and so whatever was done to you, Here's where I want to go with this right now. I want to speak over somebody today. If you're carrying guilt because of what somebody else did in your life and you feel like there's something more I could have done, listen, it was their choice, it was their decision, and today may you be free of all guilt and shame from that. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. But... I believe guilt can be a gift, a gift from God in our lives as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance. Now, remember what repentance means? We know this here at Crossroads. Repentance literally means a 180. And so here, here's what this verse means. It means that Godly guilt, godly sorrow brings a 180 in our lives. It leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow, and we'll get to that in a moment, it brings death. So guilt that God allows in our lives can bring grace to our lives. It can bring what I grew up hearing as conviction, you know, conviction in our lives. Uh, I, I remember even as a teenager that I would feel convicted about things, that I'd be convicted, oh, I'm not going to do drugs. I know these guys are inviting me to come meet them in their van out in the parking lot of the high school in the morning, uh, and they felt, smell a little funky when they come in to first period class, I know where that's coming from. And so, no, I feel convicted. I'm not going to do that. I feel convicted. I'm not going to do underage drinking. I feel convicted. I'm going to keep myself for marriage. Those are good convictions because here's what they do. They help us to make the 180. They help us to get off the wrong path and onto the right path, and change our behavior, which can lead us into freedom. And I'm telling you, here's what I pray over this message today. May this message set you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You can be free today, and I believe God's going to set some people free. 
So how does he do that? How does God do that? Well, let's break some shame chains. How about it? Let's break some shame chains today. Here's the first thing if you're going to break the chain is understand shame on you. That's how it happens is shame gets on us, right? It gets on us. And maybe you heard it this way, shame on you. You know, anybody ever say that to you? Shame on you. And, uh, you know, if there was ever somebody in the Bible that had shame on them, I, I think of the apostle Peter. Peter was a guy who was this, oh, man, I love Jesus Oh, I'm going I'm to walk with Jesus all of my life. Nothing will deter me, nothing turning me back. I'll follow Jesus till the end of my days. And one day Jesus said, all of you, all of you, my disciples, you're going to fall away, and I'm going to be crucified, and uh, they're going to kill me, and you're all going to disappear. Ah, oh, Peter, right? He says, no way. These jokers, they'll bolt on you. They'll leave you, Jesus, but not me. Oh, no, I got your back. I'll never leave you. And Jesus said, Peter, before the cock crows, before the rooster crows, you'll fall away. And Peter's like, Here's what happened. Jesus is arrested. He's beaten. They're getting ready to try him and find him guilty and crucify him. And just outside of where Jesus is, Peter is watching. And a little girl comes up and says, I think you're one of those followers. And Peter says, no, no. Little girl, you're crazy. Get away from me. And another came up and said, yeah, yeah, I, I think you're, you're one of the followers. And he said, no, I'm telling you, not me. And I want us to read this together. Here's how Luke records this story. In Luke chapter 22, verse 59, it starts. About an hour later, he's had time to think about this, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered. See, this is what guilt does. It remembers. Oh, I remember what you did. Oh, you, don't you remember what you did years ago? You, you remember this. But Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him. And look at what it does. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside. And what did he do? He wept bitterly. See, shame has power has power over us. You know, I can't believe that I did. I told him I'd be the last one. And I denied him three times, not just once. 
just like he said. I, I did exactly like he said I would do. I feel so ashamed. And don't you know that after this, every time Peter would hear a rooster, he'd remember. See, it's just like the devil to crow in your face every time and say, don't you remember? Don't you remember what you did? See, the devil has you where he wants you, just crowing in your face and beating you down. Well, where did shame come from? How did it start out? I want us to go back because you only have to go two pages in the Bible to find it, okay? Just two pages and you find shame. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, it says, Adam and his wife Eve were both naked and they felt no shame. This is how God wanted it. Do you see that? This is how God created it. God intended for it to be, is no shame. But we only go one more page and an enemy is introduced who doesn't want you to feel no shame. He wants you to feel shame on you. Shame on you. Because here's what happens when you have shame on you. You run from God. See, you hide from God. And that's what we're going to see next is the next thing you need to write down is the shame cover-up. See, it goes from shame on you, I feel shame, now what am I going to do about it? Here's what most of us do about it. We try to cover it up. See, shame is the devil's playground to keep us down, to keep us away from God. Guilt says, I did something bad. Shame says, I am something bad. I am bad. That's who I am. See, the devil uses shame to connect your actions to your identity. Uh, there's a great book by Charles Duhigg that I, I've read on habits. And I would, if you have struggle with habits and need some help with forming good habits, I would recommend that book. And Charles Duhigg in his research, what, what he found out is people who lose weight, people who work out regularly, people who um, become artists, and all see themselves as such. In other words, they don't say, I'm trying to lose weight. No, they say, I'm losing weight. They, they don't say, you know, well, I kind of, I take piano lessons. No, I'm a pianist. And, and I thought about that as I was reading that book because uh, I don't think of myself as an athlete. I didn't, I didn't pay, play um, organized sports in school, in high school and everything. I was a late bloomer, and so I just kind of sat back. and I, I, I yelled in the stands, okay? That, that was my job, I felt like. And, and so I would attend the games, but I, I didn't play. But then after high school... And, and later on in life, I began working out, I began running some, and, and I realized I'm a runner. That's who I am. I, I am a runner. 
because I'll run at least 10 miles every week. How many, that's 10 more miles than you run in a week, okay? Yeah, okay. And, and so, and, but I didn't think of myself as a runner. No, I'm not a runner, you know? I, I'm not a runner. But when you run three or four times a week, you run 10 miles, you know, you're probably a runner. And Charles Duhigg says, that's, that's what you need to do. You need to see yourself that way. But here's, that's in the positive. Here's what the enemy does. He uses it in the negative. See, and he says, you slipped up. You're a mess. That's what you are. See, you, you can't get free. You're paralyzed. You're pathetic. You're worthless. You're hopeless. You're a failure. You're, God's never going to bless your life after what you did. You know, just like in Mary's story, you know, how could God ever use me? How could God ever use my life? Or if you're Peter, you know, how could God? Jesus looked right at me. How can I ever do it? And what the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to hide it rather than heal it. And, and so what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we don't fall into the enemy's trap. Look at what it says as the story continues in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. Then the eyes, you know, they both ate the fruit they weren't supposed to. They were opened, and they realized, they gained awareness that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Hand me my fig plant down here, if you would. All right? Here's, here's, uh, here's some fig leaves, all right? And how many know fig leaves won't cut it, right? Yeah, how, how many, you're not going to the mall in this, right? You're, you're, you're not going to work. You're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, it, it just isn't going to, it, it's inadequate. And see, what we do, you, you say, well, I don't use fig leaves. But no, no, no. What you do is you just use COVID to stay in your house. See, you just use excuses. You, you, some of you kind of like the masks because you were wearing one anyway. And so what happens is, is we hide in our rooms. Some of us hide in our offices. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to be here, and I need to, need to stay here, and I need to stay a little longer. And, and, and the devil says to Peter, Peter, you blew it. You blew it. You messed up, and now you are a mess. And Jesus knows it. The whole other 12 know it. Everybody knows it. You're washed up. You thought you were going to be a preacher. You thought you were going to be used of God. You thought God could use somebody like you. See, the devil will use guilt. He'll use shame to drive you away from God when God wants to use guilt to draw you to him. To draw you to him. And here's what research shows. Research shows that not discussing a shaming event can be more damaging than the event itself. 
In other words, you need to confess it because here's what we read. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. If you'll get it out there, and that's what the enemy knows. So he says, hey, here's some more fig leaves. Here's some more covering. Keep it covered. Don't, Don't let anybody see that. And here's the reason why. Third thing you need to write down is shame off you. Because see, this is what God wants to do. The world says shame on you, and God says shame off you. I want to liberate you. I want to free you. I'm going to light it up. And listen, as long as it stays in the dark, it'll have power over you. There was a woman at the well. Maybe you know this story. And the Bible says that Jesus was there, and, and you know, he knew what was going to happen. He knew everything, and so he sent his disciples off, said, hey, I, I think we, we could use some food. Somebody go uh, find a Grubhub uh, location or something and uh, get us some grub, and, uh, you know, we, we need to eat. And so the disciples left, and Jesus is all alone, but he knew he wouldn't be alone for long. It's in the heat of the day, the Bible says. And in the heat of the day, this woman comes to draw water. Now, let me tell you something. She's there by herself for a reason. It's the heat of the day. And everybody else came when it was smarter to come. You don't come in the heat of the day to draw all this water that you need for the rest of the day. But the reason why she came in the heat of the day is because she had a history. She had a lifestyle that maybe the whole town talked about. Did you grow up in that town? Maybe maybe you've been around some of those people that have no problem reminding you of your past mistakes. And so Jesus is, is engaging with her and begins to talk to her, and she's totally thrown off by this. And ultimately, they start talking faith and, and, and things like that. And, and uh, Jesus, at one point in this faith conversation that they're engaging in about worship and, and all of this about God, he says, well, hey, let's just continue the conversation. I'll tell you what, go get your husband and come back and let's talk some, some more. And she says, well... I don't have a husband, right? And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. You've had five, and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. Okay, we don't need figs anymore, do we? It's out there. But let me tell you something. Let me explain something to you. Jesus doesn't do this in a crowd, There's nobody else around. Now, I want to give you another story real quick. There's another woman in the Bible who was caught in the act of adultery, and a crowd brought her to Jesus. As a matter of fact, it was the churchy crowd. Anybody familiar with the churchy crowd? Maybe you grew up in that church. Not just the churchy church, it was the judgy church. Come on, somebody. And, and look down their pious nose, and here we got this woman who's been caught in the act of adultery. She ought to be stoned, right? What, what do you say, Jesus? And Jesus says, shame on you. 
Let, let the first one without shame cast the stone. And when he got up, nobody was left. And, and he says to the woman, shame off you. Go and sin no more. That's what he wants to do, shame off you. Now let's get back to the other woman. She says, well, you're right about that. And, and Jesus says, oh, I know. He says, but, but I want to give you something today. I want to give you living water. And if you'll get this living water, you'll never thirst again. And the Bible says he didn't shame her to make her feel bad. He, he brought her shame into light to take it off of her. And he did it, I'll prove it to you, because she went back to town, back to the churchy people, back to all the judgmental people, back to her family, her friends, who knew all about her failed relationships, and she went back to them and said, I know, I know, I know, but come. Come see a man who told me everything about my life, and he has changed my life forever. And if he changed me, he can change you, right? He can change you. How many know God is bigger than your shame? He's bigger than your shame. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. As a matter of fact, if you want to memorize a verse, here's a good one for you, okay? Uh, maybe look it up in your version app or whatever, highlight it, uh, make it pop up on your screen every day, whatever you need to do. Here's what it says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and what will he do? He'll forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Science says the stress levels go down, the quality of life goes up, and our mental and emotional state accelerate when we get it off our chest. When we confess it to God, all of a sudden our fig leaves disappear. We don't have to be in hiding anymore, and here's the reason why. I'll prove it to you. In Hebrews chapter 12, that he took our shame upon himself so he could take it off of you. Hebrews 12, 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, what'd he do? He endured the cross, and notice this, notice this, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He took your shame. He didn't just take your sin. I want to announce to somebody today, he took your shame as well. He took your shame. And, and so there's only one place to hide. There's only one place to hide. There's only one place that can provide the covering that we need, and that place is found nowhere in no one else. There's no one else. That lady gone through five relationships, was on her sixth. There, surely there's a fig leaf around here somewhere. Surely there's something that can cover this. Surely I can turn a new leaf, right? 
Okay, preacher humor, all right? So uh, that's all right. So, so anyway, here's the only one who can take away your shame. His name is Jesus, right? It's Jesus. All right, I want my wife to come up here and somebody make my wife feel welcome as she comes up to this stage. Because if there's anybody... If there's anybody who doesn't want to be on this stage today, it's my wife, all right? And I owe her big time after helping me uh, here today. But here, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. God provided something. Hand, hand me that jacket there. All right? Here's, here's how this worked, all right? Here's how this worked. Is they tried figs. God said, I'll use fur, all right? And he did more Oh, that feels good. All right, now, I got to get back to my sermon here, all right? So, so but, uh, but this is what God did. See, this, this is what they tried. And you, see, some of you, you try Netflix. I mean, Netflix, okay? <laughs> some of you tried to hide behind your phone. You tried to hide behind Instagram. You're trying to hide behind long hours at work. You're trying to hide behind different uh, education. If I get this next degree, then, then I'll, I'll be okay, and, and, and then I'll be pleasing to people. And, and if I can just get this new job, if I can get a new boat, if I can get a new car, if I can get all of its fig leaves, it's all fig leaves. And how many know the fig leaves won't cut it? The fig leaves won't do it. The fig leaves won't make the shame go away. The only thing that can get rid of our shame is what God offers, and that's a total and complete covering. Come on. Give God a praise today. Thanks. So God wants to take the shame off of you. To some of you today, the enemy wants to say, oh, no, 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 this is what you are. And I want to say to you, no, I am a child of God. That's what I am. Charles Tudyk said, you, you got to get in a new habit. You got to quit saying I'm a mess. I'm, I'm defeated. I'm a loser. I've done drugs, I've done this, I've done that, and, and I'll never amount to that. God, I'm, I'm last on God's list. There's no way that God could use me. I want you to know when God looked around and said, now which of these 12 should preach the first sermon on the day of Pentecost? Which, which of my followers should I choose to preach a message that will cause thousands to be changed. You know who he picked? He picked Peter. The Bible says Peter is the one who stood up. And how many know that that's the last thing the enemy wants in your life? 
He says, you can't volunteer. You, you can't be involved in that church. There's no way you can Let the holy people do it. Let the more righteous people do it. I'm telling you that God doesn't use perfect people. He uses forgiven people. He uses forgiven people. And some of you here, here's why I want to announce this, somebody in Ohio today, somebody in Illinois today, wherever you're watching from, let me tell you something. Here, here's what I want to say to you. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord says this to you. You had a bad page. You had a bad chapter. Some of you, you have had a few bad chapters. But God says, the book isn't finished yet. There's still more chapters to write. There's still more of your story that's yet to be told. And God wants to take your story of shame and turn it into a story of redemption. <laughs> to the glory of God. To the glory of God. You got time for one more verse? All right. Here, here's one more verse that I, I just think is so powerful. It's so rich. Here in Isaiah chapter 61, he talks about beauty for ashes. We were singing this a few moments ago. How God does this exchange in our lives. And here's what he says in verse 7. He says, instead of shame, here's what God does. Study your fig leaves. I'm going to give you a fur. Uh, instead of shame and dishonor, here's, here's how God puts it in Isaiah. You shall have a double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy. I want to announce to somebody today, I want to announce to everybody today that you can have a double portion. Not a double portion of guilt, but a double portion of blessing in your life. That's what God offers. See, God wants to take it off of you. He wants to exchange the ashes for beauty. He wants to take the shame off of you and put glory on you. And even up to a double portion. If you're ready for your double portion, put it in the chat, all right? Just say, I'm ready for my double portion. I'm ready for what God has for me. Listen, if he did it for Adam and Eve, if he did it for, I, I can just go throughout the whole Bible. If he did it for Peter, if he did it for the woman at the well, if he did it for the woman caught in the act of adultery, I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what the enemy uses, and I don't know what fig leaves you're doing to try to hide your shame, but I'm telling you today, shame off you, off you, double portion on you, because that's what God can do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And you are the God of the double portion. Just pray, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? 
Maybe for some of you, you're trying to hide behind some fig leaves. You're trying to say, oh, I can't, I can't serve in this church. I, God can't use my life in a big way after all I've done, after the things that have happened in my life. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God will take your shame off of you and he'll give you a double portion of his blessing. Reminds me of a God who said to Elisha, I'll give you a double portion of the anointing of my spirit. And today, God is that same God right now. And if you're here in this place or you're watching online, and maybe the enemy has used some things that have either happened to you or you've made bad choices and bad decisions and stuff's happened in your life, it's time to get free today and allow God's freedom to flood your life. I want to pray for every person who needs freedom in this place or you're watching online right now. Just stretch your hand toward the screen. Just lift your hand right now. If the enemy's tried to use shame against you, he's tried to use your past against you, it's because he's threatened by your future is why he uses it. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the one who redeems our sin. And not just our sin, but our shame. You lift it. You take it off of us. And I pray today that you will take it off of every person that is in this place or watching online. I ask God that their shame would be removed and that in place of it, you would give a double portion of your anointing, a double portion of your blessing, a double portion of your goodness because that's the God that you are. We're not gonna do life with shame anymore. We are children of God. Maybe you're watching or maybe you're in this room and if you were honest, maybe that's the first step for you. You're not a child of God. You're not in relationship with your heavenly Father. And so the Bible says, He's willing to adopt us into his family. And it's just as simple as allowing him to adopt us into his family. And you can do that today. And if you're hiding behind fig leaves, if you're trying to, in your own power, to be good enough, let me tell you something. It's just fig leaves. All your good works, all of your efforts to try to be good enough. It's fig leaves. Don't settle for figs when God wants to give you a fur, when God wants to cover you completely and fully with his grace and with his mercy until you're so covered up in his mercy, you're so covered up in his grace that there's no room for shame anymore. If you want Christ in your life, if you want God in your life, just raise your hand if you're in this room. Stretch your hand toward the screen if you're at home, watching in your living room, in your car, wherever you are right now. God wants to come into your life today, and He'll do it right now. Pray this prayer with me. Everybody pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus 
to take all my sin and all my shame. Today, I give it all to you. I come out from behind all of my hiding to allow you to wash my shame away. From this moment on, and for as long as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. I give you my life today. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God because that's who I am now. I am a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Give him praise. Listen, and, and it's just so nobody gets me canceled, no plants and no animals were harmed in this illustration today, all right? Hey, it's good to be in God's house. How many know that? Nothing like it, nothing like it, nothing like it to be in God's presence today. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship another time before we leave. And after this prayer blessing, if you want to leave from the back to the front so we can all be dismissed, that would be awesome. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you that you take our shame and you turn it into fame. You turn it into glory. What you did for Peter, you do for us. So God, today we walk out of this place liberated, free, because of the power of God, the great exchange that you give to us. God, help us to liberate others this week. And we thank you for your blessings in Jesus' name.